Good morning, family. In case you're wondering why I put that notebook down there, it's in case my electronic fails, I have a backup set. That's why I always have it there. Thought you might wonder on occasion. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> well, the elders held their uh, annual planning meeting. I think it was on January 4th, which should have been a Saturday. And um, we sought the Lord, the Holy Spirit, for direction. And we believe that for 2020, God is calling us to emphasize fully living into the life that Jesus came to give us and to show us by focusing on these four things, prayer, gifts of the Holy Spirit, unity, and righteous living. As leaders, God has given us a strong desire and vision to see revival in our lives as well as our community and region. We believe that through bold, persistent prayer, stepping out with expectation in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, walking in unity, and living in righteousness, we will see the revival we desire to see in our lives and our area. Our goal is to continue to cast that vision and equip you, the body, to grow in these ways. Now, some of these topics might seem familiar to you. If you have a better memory than mine, you might say, haven't we touched these on these in the past? And yes, yeah, some of them we did touch on in the past. But you know, even if we went back and did the very same sermons over again, that would not be a bad thing because we learn by repetition. However, that's not our intent. You see, we believe that God builds line upon line, precept upon precept, and so he has given us in the past an introduction, a foundation on which to build a deeper understanding of these truths. And that's where we see the Holy Spirit leading us and his body in this coming year is that we want to grow deeper into prayer, more effective into prayer. We want to become more empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, in the coming year, we will cover these areas, but not to just recover what we've done, but to dig deeper into God's truths about these things. You know, I was impressed by our last speaker, Kurt Wilson. He told us that uh, he was bringing us a word from God. And essentially that word was, get on with it. And I'm in full agreement. We need to get on with it. We will never have every I dotted and T crossed. If we wait for that, we will never do the work that God has put us here. So I was impressed with that. And this morning, God has also given me a word for us. But it's a word of encouragement, and the word is this. God is not done with you yet. The elders want to continue moving deeper into the works of the Holy Spirit and activating the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives us. However, as we have said before, being rooted and grounded in God's love is the foundation of knowing who we are in Christ. I recently had my 66th birthday, and for whatever reason, that brought forth contemplation on my part. Contemplation on what is my life what, what do I have to show for 65 years of life? 
or 66. I'm not sure how that works. But anyhow, a lot of years of life. What do I have to show for that? What lasting legacy will I be remembered like a type of David? I don't think so. You know, when I look back at the last years of my life, what I see is a family man who, with the help of his wife, raised four godly children who know and love the Lord, a provider, a protector, and along the way, God has given me the privilege to touch in a meaningful way a few lives here and there. When God called me into the ministry, it was at the uh, Arrowhead Conference on the Holy Spirit in Duluth, Minnesota. It was back in 1975 or 6, I'm not sure anymore. And I was a workshop speaker. And as such, during the main message in the evening, I was on the stage, but in back with the rest of the workshop uh, uh, speakers. And we're standing and we're worshiping, and the Holy Spirit overshadowed me. And I knew that I could resist it and stay standing, or I could surrender. And boy, I just hit the, the stage like a ton of bricks. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Wayne, I'm calling you to be a teacher in my body. There were about 2,000 people there that night. He said, and, I, and you will teach before more than these. 66 years old, that hasn't happened. 66 years old, I don't have any books out in print. Great teacher in the body of Christ. What I have to show for 66 years is a family man. And as I'm thinking about this and getting rather discouraged about it, God said to me, the Holy Spirit said, think about Abraham. Think about Abraham. If you will, read with me Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 8 through 19. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was, where he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and from his as good as, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars in heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. 
For the people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, excuse me, <coughs> offered up Isaac, um, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. That's what God said. He considered that God was able to even raise him, that being Isaac, back from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. You know, the Bible tells us that Abraham lived 175 years. And in 175 years, the only really two things that are noteworthy of Abraham's life is that he obeyed God and went to a foreign place. And he was willing to sacrifice his son to God as God requested because he knew God would give him back. And, I, and Abraham is listed among the heroes of the faith. There's some other things that we're told about Abraham that aren't so good. How he offered his wife to other men so that they wouldn't murder him. How he doubted God. I don't remember the number. I counted it up once upon a time. But it's like somewhere between 50 and 100 times Abraham said, ain't going to happen. Not going to have a kid. In fact, so sure he was that when his wife said, we better help God out and you produce a prodigy by my handmaiden, Abraham thought that that was, might be a good idea. And so we have Ishmael. And from Ishmael, we have the Middle East and all the problems that this world has faced since then because Abraham thought he would help God out. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not judging Abraham because you know what? I'm just as bad. I'm just pointing out the fact that Abraham was by no means a perfect man and how he got listed in God's heroes of the faith based on two acts of obedience I find a little bit confusing but that's not the point here's the point the point is Abraham was a man a human being a fallen nature just like you just like me and that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me it's not too late and I don't measure, I don't see things the way you see them, says God, said the Holy Spirit. Abraham was a family man just like me. Abraham loved God just like me. Abraham sinned in unbelief just like me. But because Abraham believed God, from God's point of view, he is a hero of the faith. And even though Abraham's life in many ways was uneventful compared to Enoch or David or Noah, 
And yet God made him the father of many nations. You know, the devil and his cohorts are quick to tell us our failings. They are quick to throw into our face that which God has thrown into the sea of forgetfulness and remembers no more. They are quick to tell us what failures we are and our lives are. And they're liars. The truth is not in them. They cannot speak the truth. And it should be an encouragement that when Satan comes to accuse you, it should be an encouragement. If you were not a threat, he wouldn't bother with you. We have no idea how God has and is using us. I don't and probably won't in this lifetime see the results of the spiritual seeds that I have planted. But I planted those seeds because I believe God. I believe it wasn't a waste of time. I believe God would water those seeds, fertilize those seeds, cultivate those seeds, and bring forth a fruit. You know, my son Peter, he has had some very powerful and challenging words given to him. And if they come to pass, I'd say if, I guess I should say when they come to pass, it will affect the course of this nation and the world, according to the words that he was given by more than one person at different times. If the only thing I did was raise Peter to love the Lord and obey him. Maybe that's what God put me here for. Well, he's given me the opportunity to do other things. He's given me the opportunity to stand up here this morning and, and, and encourage you not to be discouraged because you don't see your life the way God sees it. But that may be what God put me here for. And if not Peter, maybe Elliot, my grandson. Or in addition to Peter, maybe Elliot, my grandson. The point is, God doesn't waste anything. As mundane as your life may seem to you, God sees it completely differently. And we should not underestimate or allow the enemy to discourage us because God is doing great things in you that you don't even know. So many seeds, I don't even know I planted. So many seeds I planted and never saw the individual again. One word of life can change a person's life. I don't know what lies ahead of me in this life. I do know that I want to keep myself rooted and grounded in God's love so that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to keep standing in God's grace so that he can use me. And with the Apostle Paul, I want to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that is set before me. 
Nonetheless, I will not accomplish this through my own efforts. Because I'm like Abraham, I'm a human. I have a fallen nature. I don't always make the right choices. But as I stand in grace, rooted and grounded in God's love, that means convinced beyond any argument or doubt that God loves me so much that I am the apple of his eye, as are all of you. We're a great bunch of apples. Rooted and grounded in his love, I simply surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, have your way. When I was decided to retire, I said, okay, Lord, that's fine. I, uh, the Lord had told me my career in IT was over, and I assumed by that that my next career would be in ministry. I said, Lord, that's, that's fine. That's good. Just don't make me leave COC. This is my family. I've been here forever. And I don't want to leave COC. And I don't. But I had to come to the place that I said, Lord, if what you have for me is not here, I will be obedient and go where you tell me to go. Don't get afraid. I'm not going anywhere at this time. Or maybe I said, no, no, no. Don't get it. All right. That's right. Not that I know of yet. Um, it is my faith in God that will work these things in me by his spirit. And I do all this by standing on faith on the promises of which are in his holy word. I believe there are some of you maybe who are struggling with the same thing. You don't have to be 66. You could be 27, 29, pardon, 32. You know, you, you, you could be 50. The point is, is that, you know, if we look back, what we should see is God's faithfulness, not our failures. Because in all my failures, God was faithful. I don't have four godly kids because I was a super father. In fact, for half of their young lives, I was an absent father. I have four godly kids because I have a faithful God who makes up for my weaknesses with his strength and his power. So I encourage you along with myself, forget what lies behind. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to live. But the health challenges of last year certainly played into my contemplation about my past life. But... I know this, along with Paul, forgetting what lies behind. Jesus, his ministry was only three and a half years. He turned the world upside down. Turned it upside down so much that even today, the world is different because of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, along with myself, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Jesus Christ. Because you see, the biography 
that Jesus has written about you is not the same as the autobiography that you would write about yourself. You could look at Abraham and it's right there. The biography of Ab- autobiography of Abraham is fail, 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 fail. And the biography of God on Abraham is hero of the faith, hero of the faith, hero of the faith. If indeed God is no respecter of persons, and he is not, then Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 applies to you. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Literally, I will listen to you. God will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He will not hide himself from us. He's right here. Just, he's inside of us. How's he going to hide from us? I don't know who the future holds for me, but I do know who holds that future in his hand. And I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in me and you will bring it to pass or completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Worship team, please come. Shortly before his death, George Younts uh, said this. He, he, uh, George Jones is a bass singer with the, or was a bass singer with the cathedrals. Uh, I think he died in 2006. But short, shortly before that, he said, I've got more days behind me than I have ahead of me. And I know that. But I also know this. Should the master return tonight, my bags are packed and ready to go. Got my house in order. You know, none of us know how much longer we have on this earth But I can guarantee you this. God has a plan for the remainder of your days. Larry Schmidt recently went home after a battle with cancer. Trish and I had the privilege of spending the last week before he died with him. And and Larry was still passing out tracts and telling people about Jesus. We were in a restaurant and Larry went up to an obvious homeless person. He purchased him a meal. And he sat down and he started telling him about Jesus. That week was rather cold in Florida. And the, the young guy, he had on a pair of uh, shorts and a blanket wrapped around his legs to keep warm. And after Larry talked to him about the Lord a little bit, he, he took him across the mall and bought him a pair of jeans so that his legs would be warm. For Larry, as long as he had breath, he was going to tell people about Jesus. That was his calling. And while your calling may be different, it is that conviction that God isn't done with you yet that will strengthen you to continue to fulfill his word. If you can, would you please stand? You know... God has a purpose for Christian Outreach Church. Not just you, but for this church, this place. He's not done with us yet. 
He doesn't stockpile up his spiritual weapons somewhere and not intend to use them. Look at our worship team. Every Sunday they bring us into the throne room, into the very presence of God. Every Sunday they welcome the Holy Spirit into our midst. And look at the quality of the preachers and teachers that are here. So many that we're lucky to hear from any one of them every six weeks. And look at the quality of the body that God has placed here. People of maturity, prayer warriors. God doesn't put his weapons or he's not going to use them. I don't know what God has for COC exactly, but I know this. It's got to be mighty big because he's got so many quality saints here ready to do the work that he's called us to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us to this place and that you are not done with us. You're just getting started. And we commit to surrender our spirits to your spirit, Lord God. May you have your way in us and may you have your way here. And we look forward to see the grand things that you're going to do in your body of Christ from this place and from these people. We look forward to seeing the biography that you are writing about us. Holy Spirit, encourage us not to be discouraged by our health or our age or the challenges we're looking at and facing in life, but rather help us to be encouraged knowing that you are not done with us yet and that you will take our weaknesses and be our strength. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.